I'm Sophie Reed, dweller of the city of Philadelphia and producer of the 20 by 70 podcast. And before you ask, no, I'm not loafing on a Caribbean shore. Those beachy sounds you heard there, waves gently lapping, hammocks swaying in a warm breeze and margaritas flowing freely emanate from none other than Philly's Delaware waterfront. I'm here in Spruce Harbor Park in search of that not-so-elusive beast, at least not in Philly, the Millennial. Turns out we've got a fair few of them kicking around. Spruce Harbor Park is a magnet for young Philadelphians with its craft beers, boardwalk and relaxed vibe. In its third summer, the pop-up park is a prime example of what draws young college graduates to our city. It's fun, colourful and free to hang out here. Plus, it's a sign of how Philly is shaking off its industrial past and repurposing its riverfronts, a fledgling city for the 21st century. But I was curious, is it all about frolicking around on hammocks or are there deeper things that attract millennials to our metropolis? And is Philly doing enough to make them stick around? What drew you to Philly? What first attracted you to living in the city? The music scene was the first thing that brought me to Philly, and I'm into a lot of the arts, and that's pretty much the culture here. Well, I moved to Philly because my now husband got a job here. There's something really unique about Philly that's like, it's very casual, and there are so many young people here, and it's like, I feel like it's more of like an alternative scene, kind of, that I I really enjoyed. I loved how you kind of get the big city feel but still kind of have the small town feel as well people are really nice you have really cool local things to do like this a job so you came here for work do you mind me asking what you do uh yes i am a teacher what if anything do you think in the future would drive you away from philly or cause you to move cost of living political corruption and a lack of feeling connected to the community What I mean by political corruption are three things. One, uh, networks of bribes and graft that continue to go on within the political city machine. Number two is the way that local business contracts are doled out, particularly to preferential businesses based upon who they know in City Hall. And three is the way that City Hall is connected to the broader Democratic Party and the lack of Democratic diversity that you get within the Philadelphia city establishment. I think kids... I hate to say it, but I think just like schools, you know, there's obviously an issue with public schools in Philly, and I think that that, if anything, would be what would drive us away, sadly. I don't want to leave, but... <laughs> Let's hope you don't have to. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Chris, our guiding light of a host here at 20 by 70. Fear not, I'll be sure to have a margarita for you. Wasting away.
uh, recently, Mark, you've done a couple pieces uh, that delve into the statistics about millennials. Tell us about the piece you did about the school of millennials. Truly, what we should mention is the real estate website, and that's even uh, beautiful and fascinating. Do you have any sense of why Philadelphia's numbers on retaining millennials would be a little better than some of the other Berkshire cities? Let's move the camera back a bit from the exterior numbers, Mark. You're working for Billy Penn. Your target audience is new philosophers about covering the issues and providing new what kinds of tone in the way that millennials prefer. What are the key issues for the millennial audience in terms of their decisions for investing? about city services and just the, the degree to which what the city does and doesn't do impacts quality of life.
you're running the city of Philadelphia, what other issues are you thinking about with regard to the degree to which the influx of Iranians has been positive for the city in the long term? What are the other things besides better schools? Or to start up your own business, because you're not a great entrepreneur anyhow. Yeah, I was just going to read for the champagne when you said that, but then immediately buttoned it and opened it. Maybe we should run down the list. Yeah. 
everybody checking their phone while it's ringing. Hmm, when did I last talk to John Erskine? Well, what I would say to you is this. comes on the heels of the sting operation that caught a bunch of Philadelphia lawmakers taking very small bribes for bribes nonetheless. Okay, all very discouraging. You have a United States congressman. You have a state senator who, oh, by the way, replaced another state senator, Jim Schumer, who went to jail on corruption charges. You have the whole slew of state lawmakers who are caught up in the sting operation. Then at the state level, you have the many things going on with Attorney General Kane. You have Robert Boyd, the state treasurer, who also pled guilty to offenses involving campaign donations. It just goes on and on. But when I look at that whole list, David, I notice, and I think you notice something as well, about who's in these corruption cases and who's not.
but because that sounds like that's me projecting my soapbox, so I, I think it is too. I, I just want to underline that last point that you made. Pennsylvania is, in the context of the 50 states, pretty much the Wild West of campaign finance. There are like literally almost no rules. A few years ago, a grand jury that was in Pennsylvania did a bang theory thing where they did a Republican Senate race. Essentially, if you read that grand jury's report, they said the thing that shocked us most was not what was done that was illegal, but what did illegal in the state of Pennsylvania. Meanwhile, as you say, contrary to all expectation or stereotype, there's this one little island of fair and strong rules about campaign finance, and it's the city of Philadelphia. And what that says to me is you need to go out and spend, you know, by a, yeah, by full five foot ten on your soapbox. To me, it says that those who say, oh, it's just politics, it's nothing to do with anything like that, actually know it is a matter of will and it is a matter of choice. If you choose to have stricter regulations and if you choose to put strong people in place to enforce them, you can actually affect a measurable and visible change in the outcome. So not that everything sticks and sillies, but they aren't marching off in handcuffs like the Republicans are. Okay, so I'm done now. I'm going to get off my soapbox and leave it to you to take it away. That's all I have. Thank you. Philip. So now we're going to end in the way we always like to end. There's a few words of wisdom, exhortation, and analysis and a few rogues in this segment, David Thorburn. So here it is, your moment of living faith.